0: Of the All-American Spook Show podcast. I'm Josh, and as always, I'm joined with my friend Will. Hey, who wants to see a movie where William
1: Shatner gets all blinged up? Well, you're about to witness it.
0: Who doesn't? <laughs> and the Professor Smoke. Hey. And today we are going to talk about a, I guess, I guess this would just straight up qualify as just a cult classic, because I mean, I don't think it was successful by any measure. Um, although it does have an impressive cast. But we're going to be talking about 1975's The Devil's Reign. I love the poster, too, by the way, at the top of it. it says, Heaven help us all when the devils reign, which grammatically which makes, makes no, no sense. S- yeah. Right? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, well, well I guess we have to explain that to people. If you've never heard this movie, it's not the devil's reign, as in reigning over somebody, you know, like R-E-I-G-N, which would make sense in that, <laughs> that uh, blurb, you know, that. That uh, yeah, tagline, yeah, yeah, but the devil's rain, like R A I N falling from the sky, right Yeah, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it takes you almost to the bitter end, of like, oh, the devil's rain. Okay, um, <laughs> it's like Manos, the hands of fate, when you were like, he lifts up his hands and you see the hands on his uh, uh, cape <laughs> in there.
1: Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <okay. laughs> oh, hands, I got, got it. it. Yeah, yeah, you see,
0: you see. <laughs> now I gonna hold
1: it up here for another five more seconds,
0: <laughs> just to make sure. <laughs> now you can go gouge your eyes out because you just witnessed this we won't be gouging
2: of bad movies we'll get to at some point
0: (laughs) although is there an argument to be made here for the devil's reign that it might be one of the first like melt movies yeah
2: i was gonna say that
0: too yes (laughs) yeah i think i somebody might out there maybe they can dispute us i don't know but i I can't think of any
2: you know movies that were maybe there was one scene where something's kind of melty a little bit some gothic horrors. i don't know but not on the scale that it is in Devil's Rain, I don't think so. Yeah, like, it wasn't, the wasn't first, right? there
0: something like in the original House of Wax or something where... Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yes. And that's what I mean. There's probably yeah. a little
2: bit of melt, you know, some kind of melty scene here or there <laughs> in, the, in some of the gothic horror movies that came before this. But Not on the level of where you could say, okay, that's a melt movie. I think, I think, yeah, this got to be the first one.
0: This is a tough movie to philosophically make any sense out of. Or, you know, story-wise or anything, uh, this is a tough one to break down, but we will try our best to break yeah, it much, down for you I like
2: that tagline, the movie itself doesn't make a whole lot of sense either, but...
0: <laughs> Heaven help us. <laughs> in the devil's reign. <laughs> nope, nope, not in the devil's reign, when the devil's reign. <laughs> you don't
2: want rain. anything to do with the devil raining on you, I'm gonna tell
0: you. Um, You know, before we get too far into the uh, weeds with this one, I saw somewhere randomly that it said something like, I guess Ernest Borgnine or, or, uh, or someone, I think it was him, said that uh, he believed that this was a mafia-paid movie and that he never got any money yeah. from Never <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah, got any money, yeah. never got paid
2: for it, for yeah. acting in it or anything. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, that, he said that that was years later, I think. Well, I forget what year it was, at a convention or I'm somewhere sure, or an interview or something. I'm sure it was. <laughs> uh, years later. It
0: had to have been 20, 30 years removed where he might not have took a bullet yeah. to the head for saying it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, I say that just to point out that, like, you know, this is the kind of movie that you're dealing with here. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, it's a, a mafia-paid movie. Uh, I'm sure it was some kind of like a front for something, God knows what. So it doesn't make uh, the biggest amount of sense. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that here shortly. As usual, you can email us with any comments or uh, questions or anything like that you got. You can find our email or email us at at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Show. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube by searching All American Spook Show. You should be able to find us. We have a T Public page where we sell uh, logoed merchandise and a couple other uh, T-shirts. You know, if you're interested in that, you can go on T Public. T Public. T Pubic. You can, that I wouldn't yeah, type that's, that's that in. It's <laughs> a yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't type that in on a work computer. I mean, you there. might want to go there, but you might, you know. You <laughs> yeah, well, t- you, to, to know. each their own. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go to teapublic dot com. It's just uh, nothing but like pornography shirts. Yeah, they have something to do with <laughs> golf tees. <laughs> it's golf porn, tea pubic. Now they might have a junk hole <laughs> shirt there, but it won't be from Street Tribe. But right but, but where does the tea go? <laughs>
3: never
2: mind.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> for um for anyways, on TPublic, Public, you just search All American Spook Show. You'll find us on there and you can get get the the latest merchandise. So I think we had a, a pretty good reception for uh, our, our last couple of episodes, uh, Jaws and uh, The Nun. The funny thing is about Jaws, too, is that it came out not too long before this movie, and it's amazing the comparisons in production value and uh, longevity you know in something like jaws versus the devil's reign i mean they're literally like i think less give or take you know a few days probably less than a month apart i mean they were pretty much out at the same yeah. time although from what i can tell this movie it didn't look like it played i am guessing it's like I a, dri- a drive-in it was
2: a drive-in circuit movie i don't yeah. Yeah, i don't know about numbers as far as uh drive-ins how they tallied those numbers back then but i know that it was a hit of sorts on the drive-in circuit and mm-hmm. probably in the grindhouses too but not so much the major
0: Theater. I could definitely see that. I mean, after sitting down and watching it. By the way, this is the first time yeah. I've watched it. Will, this is the first time you watched it, right? Oh yeah. And smoke, as usual. This is probably the thirteenth time you've watched it.
2: Not, that I have seen it a <laughs> few times, a handful of times. But it's actually going back to like mid eight or late eighties or so, probably eighty seven, eighty eight. Rented it or saw it on cable somewhere. I forget exactly the first time I've seen it. But probably only ever. This time would probably mark the fourth time that I've seen it. So it's not, you know, we'll get into our what we think about the movie later mm-hmm. on, and I'll yeah. mention about something about that, the fact of, uh, you know, how many times I've seen it. And, whether it needs to be seen anymore or what
0: (laughs) the only thing i think i ever i I never watched this but i i've seen uh pictures or videos or whatever of ernest borgnine from this oh yes (laughs) Yes. um you know as regular ernest borgnine and as goat man version of ernest borgnine (laughs) yeah
2: Yeah, there's at least three or four different borgnines in this movie (laughs) i mean we'll get to them all but yeah there's there's the cowboy rancher (laughs) yeah, <laughs> Borg 9, the first introduced to versus the, the robed uh, satanic member yep. versus the g- ram-headed, you know. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. It just goes to maybe prove that ma- maybe but there is a Borg 9 limit. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll <laughs> see as we go along here. But uh, you get plenty of Borg 9 here. Um, and you get
2: to hear him deliver some very entertaining lines, too, throughout the movie. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. One,
0: yeah. Of the, uh, one of the watching points of the movie. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> There's one in particular that had me laughing my ass off, which we'll get into, you know, once we dive in but I want to see if y'all caught it or not but it was hilarious so I guess before we uh, you know dive deep into this I guess we'll go ahead and toss to the trailer for the devil's Rain from 1975
4: there have been films about earthquakes airplane disasters and blazing infernos but there has never been anything like the devil's Rain. That wasn't
3: your father. What's his face?
4: Mother! Mother! Come on! Damn you!
3: They had no
4: faces. The devil's reign. The three hundred year search for the power to damn mankind is over. Pools! And the towering terror of the devil on earth is now unleashed. Burn! Burn! The devil's reign. Hundreds of souls held captive in an eternity of hell. Seize him! Possessed by the devil.
3: You, my son, have defiled all that is holy.
4: My God, my God! They become his worshippers and his demons. Devil's Reign, starring Academy Award winner Ernest Borgnine, Eddie Albert, William Shatner, Keenan Wynn, and Ida Lupino as Mrs. Preston, and with the special participation of Anton LaVey, High Priest of the Church of Satan. The Devil's Reign, conceived by the producer of A Man Called Horse. Created by the masters of magic of Planet of the Apes. Together, they bring you a melting hell on Earth. And absolutely the most incredible, unforgettable ending of any motion picture ever. Heaven help us all, when the devils reign.
0: All right, and that was the trailer for The Devil's Reign. I guess it's also important to note that, like, uh, this, you know, we just kind of, uh, a happy accident, I guess, we we tripped into it. It's the 45th anniversary of this, just like, once again, like I said, it was for Jaws a couple episodes ago. Um, These movies were out about the same time. But, like I said, there's there's no way of uh, tracking, like, what kind of uh, money this thing brought in. Although I did find that it was made, the budget for this movie was $1.5 million. I'm guessing they spent most of that right at the
1: end of it. You know the last, that last yeah, ten be, or fifteen minutes. Effects. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: that's the budget. Which, you right know, there. Say what
1: you will about this movie, man. That, some of those effects were pretty good. Well, it was yeah, damn, yeah. damn good. Actually,
2: I, I don't. I can't remember the names of the people involved, but I know it was the people behind *Planet of the Apes* you know, that did the effects in this movie.
0: Yeah, I found a little bit about that. Uh, maybe not necessarily that in particular, but like one of the names. Uh, of uh, the makeup uh, I guess the main makeup artist or special effects guy in this movie. His name is Ellis Berman Jr. Who is actually well known I guess in in the field of like uh, makeup and uh, maybe not necessarily special effects but like especially makeup and uh, makeup artist and direction or whatever. He actually won an Emmy for an episode of Star Trek Voyager like sometime in the late 90s um, for his uh, makeup work there. But he had also worked on The Goonies. Back to the Future Part 2 and 3, um, uh, like a ton of episodes of Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, um, and, and a bunch of other things. So, uh, yeah, fairly pretty successful and well-known. Probably one of the few other than some of the, uh, of course, the cast, like I said, um, you know, we'll go down that road here in a second. But uh, probably one of the people on the production side that actually continued to have a successful career after this. Because <laughs> from what I can find, a lot of the other people on the production side of this just kind of like quietly drifted away, you know, or, you know, went way down the the pecking order, so to speak, after this movie came out. Will, what was your initial reactions of, of this movie? this What
1: the hell? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like, now that I've had time to process it, okay I, I can get on with this one late like, like it, it's definitely not a good movie at all but to be able to see like so many of these famous actors in one movie and for it to be so god-awful <laughs> was pretty entertaining
0: <laughs> <laughs> smoke what about you what are your uh, your early reactions when you saw it ah no, when I saw it back in like so I don't I don't recall the very first time I've
2: seen it but it was sometime back in the late 80s and I either on video or, or late night cable or something but uh <laughs> yeah but, that time I was familiar with all these actors at that time so it was like wills mentioned it's very entertaining to watch regardless of what you think of the movie as far as it not you know we'll get into the plot line and everything but we've already mentioned it doesn't gel together making a whole lot of sense plot wise no. and if it didn't have these people these other these actors in it which we'll get to mentioning their names too then you would pretty much have a much more boring film, and it really probably wouldn't be much worth watching if it didn't have these actors in it to, you know, for that entertainment. Oh yeah, value. you take you take and the also, same, like mention the effects and everything were were well done too. You take this
0: sa- you take this same movie and you just drop take all the well known actors yeah. out and drop in. Oh yeah, you know, A B C actor, or whatever. Good lord, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then it's yeah. like it would
2: not be what it is now. Now, given the subject matter. There's there's plenty of movies out there that I, I I like that whole like campy cheesy satanic occult imagery type stuff. Like there's a lot of movies, a lot of horror movies that have that going all the way back to Universal's, you know, some Universal movies from back in the '40s and '50s up through the Gothic horrors. Hammer Films has done some of that too. Some of that kind of campy, cheesy, and down to a much better effect with like The Devil Rides Out, the Hammer film that kind of plays around with that same satanic occult type stuff that is a much better movie uh, or a movie like The Brotherhood of Satan. You know, that, so that. That theme is kind of gone ongoing in horror for a long time now. So I can enjoy it for that aspect. But still, taking taking out all these actors, yeah, I would not have been anywhere near the entertainment value it is now.
0: I guess, you know, myself, I mean, this is the first time I've seen it, so it, I, I don't even know how to react to it. <laughs> 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 I think, I, I think it's like I, I may have said this before we started recording, but, like, uh, it, it probably has more entertainment value for me knowing that we're going to talk about it, you know, and have fun with it. <laughs> than actually sitting there and watching it and moving on with my life, right? You know, like, <laughs> it holds more value well, Like I
2: mentioned earlier, too, about watching it. You know, how many times, and you asked me how many times i have seen it. Like, this is probably the fourth time, and that, that's going back to 1988. I'm not, you know, whatever the math is on that average. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seen it four times since 1988. And I would say that's about the average it needs to be as far as watching. Like, I can I can still pull this movie out probably another, you know, I don't know, six, seven years from now and watch it again and yeah. get that entertainment from it. But it's not the type of movie I'd want to watch, turn around and watch, you know, next year or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, and to be fair for me, like, I don't watch a lot of movies, even if it's a really good movie, I don't watch a lot of movies, like, over and over again anymore. You know, like, when I was younger, I could do that. Oh, yeah. You know, where you could pop in, I don't know, Wayne's World or Weekend at Bernie's or something and just watch it over and over again uh, sometimes whether you had a choice or not, but these days, man, like if I watch something, any movie, it's going to be a while before I get back around to watching it again. You know, unless we're talking about it here for the show or, uh, there's some other reason behind it, so uh, yeah. you know that that's being fair to this movie at least. Like, I, I probably wouldn't pull this out again and watch it, except ever? maybe. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wouldn't say ever, but uh, it's probably thought, not. Thought it's thought it. not going to be high up on my list, you know. Of like, yeah. well, I got I got an hour and a half to burn. What am I going to watch? You know, <laughs> I can find other shit, right? But
2: yes, exactly. Um, which is which is definitely the reason why I've only seen it four times since that '88. Yeah, <laughs> and those other times were probably might not have been from beginning to the very end
0: all right so this movie like we said was released july of 1975 and uh, i found that in the uk the video title of this was actually different it wasn't called the devil's rain it was called hell rain <laughs> i wouldn't necessarily say one makes any more sense than the other you know <laughs> and it was released by Bryanston distributing company which you know not quite as shady as like uh the company that uh, released home sweet home or uh, street trash or you know,
2: <laughs> you know we got we got to do some research on that title because now that when you mentioned that, it just it it jarred something, and I and I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm I think sure. that Bryanston may have distributed. I don't know if they distributed Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I know there were mm-hmm. some mafia ties with that distribution, and some other films. That, but I didn't realize this one was. Uh, I hadn't come across that Bryanston information on this Devil's Reign movie. Well, I
0: actually did because it, it, gonna, it rang it, it rang something to me too. When I, to I was like, that sounds familiar, so I looked it up. They released Bruce Lee's Return of the Dragon, mm. um, Andy Warhol's Frankenstein. Okay. And the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ah. Among, like, I want to think it was, like, around 20, give or take 20 or so movies. And then they just kind of went away. (laughs) But then apparently it came back, like, in the last 10 or 15 years, and they still release stuff. But it's like, uh, I guess they just uh, get a hold of something and distribute it, you know, whenever they see something they they want to invest in or something like that. But, yeah, that's probably where you saw it before, was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So you hit it on the head. This movie was rated PG. Now... I would definitely say this is because this was the old rating system, right? <laughs> this this thing being PG. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: it, it was pretty damn. I mean, not you know, not a ton of blood per se in it, but the meltdowns and the you know, we get into the storyline, the eyeless, <laughs> creepy, or eerie, and just
0: all the be, and just all the satanic stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, I'm really. If you were to put that out there today, it might actually get a PG-13. I would say.
0: oh yeah today i'd I'd say this gets a pg-13 and maybe even an r yeah yeah yeah, because sometimes it goes you know
2: we've done some movies where it kind of goes that way where it's like i can't believe this movie was rated r it probably would have been pg today well this is the opposite today. yeah
0: yeah exactly (laughs) um i guess it wasn't harsh enough for an r back then so they just gave it a pg because there was nothing in between but uh which we've talked about a few times since our ratings episode but yeah that's kind of where this one fell the total runtime is one hour and 26 minutes so uh you know it's a it's a fairly brief feature film. You know, it's that's below average I'd say. On IMDb it's listed as horror. And I saw somewhere else it was listed as horror and suspense, so you know, either way. you uh, you splitting hairs right on labels and stuff. On I IMDb really
1: keeps you on the edge of your seat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> very suspenseful. <laughs> um On IMDb, it got 5.1 out of 10 stars, so a little over 50%, I guess, there. But not so kind on Rotten Tomatoes. It got an 18% on the tomato meter, which I I was kind of impressed that, like, they found enough to kind of aggregate a score on Rotten Tomatoes since this came out (laughs) 45 years ago, and it's not Jaws, you know. (laughs) It got 18% on the tomato meter, and then the audience score was 35%, so, you know, a little higher there, but not, not very high at all, obviously. So this movie was filmed in Mexico over 29 days, and the budget was one and a half million dollars. It was directed by Robert. F- I, it's, I think it's Fewest. It's spelled F. Yeah, U- I'm not.
2: I'm not 100 sure on the actual pronunciation. Yeah, name, it, yeah, but that's how I was kind of pronouncing it too. It's Few Fewest. <laughs>
0: it's spelled F. But- U E S T. So uh, we're just gonna go with Robert Fuest. He would be known for he directed the abominable Dr. Fibes, and Dr. Fibes Rises Again, and of course this movie, and then like pretty much nothing else after that. Like he did some like TV <laughs> shows, and I think like another uh, some TV movies, and he directed uh, I think it was called Aphrodite, which was like a softcore core. Basically a softcore porn, <laughs> and that was pretty much it for him. Like he was done after that. Well, he,
2: what was that one? Uh, I know he did a. Well, I don't know if he did the whole movie, but he did a segment in it. Came to it. it was some horror uh, anthology movie. The three. I was gonna say the three sisters, but I know it's not the three ladies, maybe or
0: something like that. Three dangerous ladies. Where it was a. Whole,
2: yeah, that, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Where it was a whole bunch of non-related things that they threw together into a makeshift horror anthology or something. I think he did one of those segments, but. And I know his first stab at horror was uh nine and this and soon the darkness, mm-hmm. was the name of that, which was before Abominable Abominable Doctor Fives. But it was more of a thriller, I guess, maybe than straight forward horror. But have y'all seen Abominable Doctor Fives in the sequel?
0: I it seems like I've seen one of those two a long time ago. You know, like one of those, you know, midday matinee type <laughs> deals, you know, on the local T V years ago. But I, I in the years since no, I haven't sat down and watched either one of those. I haven't even yeah, heard
2: of them. I heard of them. That's they're great. I mean, especially the. First, I mean, I like both of them, but especially the first one's great. Great movie, I think, entertaining. Way, way more entertaining, of course, than The Devil's Reign, I believe. And Vincent Price. Yeah, and I was Scott about to say Price. it's just
0: the Vincent Price show, but I remember it kind of being yeah. corny, though, right? Isn't there, like a comedy aspect to yeah, so it. it yeah, it
2: definitely has humor. It's it's intentional humor added into it, but uh, but I think it had it had a pretty smart script. I think, and like uh, the cinematography was awesome. A lot of art deco set design and stuff like that.
0: But just to point out that like Robert Fewest, his his star was, you know, at least on the rise up until this mm. movie, and then you know, because <laughs> apparently this this thing was a flop, you know, like uh, yeah. uh, critically, and you know, and I'm sure you know hardly probably hardly made its money back, I would imagine, if it did at all. Um, <laughs> so like he basically just kind of went away after this, but I also found that it was funny that apparently he. Uh, that one of the producers was Sandy Howard. He basically convinced him to direct this movie. So he's, all right, let's take a look. And then he reads it or whatever, and then he told the writers, this movie makes no, no, sense no damn way. sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, just go ahead. It'll, it makes sense. Go ahead. Trust me. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> trust, trust us. It makes perfect sense. And then he agreed to do it anyways, and like I guess in hopes that, like, well, maybe I'll just fix some of the bullshit as we go along, and then you see how that turned out um So we go to. Yeah, the I was ra-
2: it was the producer or writer or whatever, just the, or not necessarily the writer, but the producer just wanted to do a satanic horror movie, right? And that was the only bare bones basic that it, it's a satanic cult horror movie, and that's all he had to go. Well, I,
0: I saw some little passing comment somewhere in my research that said like basically this was one of the bastard offspring of the success of The Exorcist. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> everybody wanted to cash in after that, you know, on this yeah. on this type of thing. So. This was one of those like uh, weird redheaded stepchilds of uh, <laughs> or stepchildren of uh, The Exorcist.
2: Oh, well, and I know another thing too. Mentioning like a, when we were just talking about Doctor Fives and Vincent Price, that Vincent Price was actually the first choice for Corbus, which is the Ernest Ernest Borgnine's character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, of course um,
0: he would have been perfect. It's yeah, Vincent, he would have been perfect for it, Price. But you know? I'm
2: kind of I'm glad that he didn't. I'm glad they didn't go with him because then we wouldn't have <laughs> Ernest Borgnine delivering the lines,
0: anymore, which it's, makes it even. more it's so of, be a
2: perfect vehicle for
0: Price, but it's so <laughs> out of character to me for Ernest Borgnine. You know, <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> everything yeah, you yeah. ever see the dude in is nothing like this. <laughs> yeah, and it seems like I did see something too that, like, apparently because of the subject matter and all the weird shit that happened, I guess they had some weird goings-ons. Yes, like on-set things. I he guess, he swore this kind of shit off ever again. Like, yeah, I'm not doing yeah, movies. Doing that. A yeah, <laughs> movie <or a> movie. <laughs> I never saw any. You know how sometimes you, you know, like that series on uh Shutter Cursed Films. Mm. Uh, you yeah, you know where it kind of goes into that that aspect of things. I don't know. I didn't see any particular things that happened in this movie, but it wouldn't surprise me that there was some funky shit going on because because <laughs> this movie actually did have some uh, ties to the uh, to the Church of Satan or something, right? With the uh,
2: yeah, Anton LaVey. Yeah. Heightiest Church of Satan at the time.
0: Yeah, so this isn't just uh, like a, a gimmick.
2: And he acted in the movie, too.
0: Yeah, so this isn't just like a gimmick Satan-type shit. Like, they actually had a legit Church of Satan dude there, you know, to kind of help them, like, point them in the right direction, I guess, and uh, kind of be a part of it. So this wasn't just, like, the cartoony makeup shit. Like, you know, there was some, there was some truth in what they were doing, right? Or at least some yeah, part of the, uh, outline. Uh, we, of we haven't food. got to
2: the plot line yet, but I know that first scene of the cult, the satanic cult inside that church was based on the black mass. The one performed by the church of Satan at the time of, well, from back, I guess in the late sixties, whenever the church of Satan formed.
0: Uh, good times. The, good times. <laughs> um, so getting back to the writers. So there, there was three writers <laughs> on here, Gabe E S S O E, who basically just wrote television and this like some random TV shows and this. James Ashton, who never wrote anything else ever again or before. Like, this is the only credit that I found for the guy. And then Gerald Hopman, who uh, the only the only notable thing I could find for him is he produced uh, the movie Evil Speak in 1982. Um,
3: Another
0: fun one. <laughs> Which, yeah, I, when I was looking at that, I'm like, oh, we got to get to this one eventually. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: got, uh, what's the name of it? Uh, uh, Ron Howard's brother, Clint Howard.
0: <laughs> oh, there we go. Instant <laughs> Instant win, then. Yes, um, and a lot
2: of gore, a lot of good gore in that
0: one, too. So, so yeah, we definitely need to get around to that one. But, yeah, so that, that was it. This was pretty much it for these three cats, like, other than uh, him producing Evil Speak, like, you know. And the one guy, literally the only thing he ever did, James Ashton. So I guess this kind of uh, tainted them as well, so to speak, the lack of success, you know. kind of They just kind of went down the tubes for the most part after that. And as we mentioned, the producer, one of the producers was Sandy Howard. Um, who also produced King of Africa, A Man Called Horse. He died back in May of 2008 at the age of 80. And it was also one of the other producers. was uh, This one was more notable. Michael S. Glick. He is uh, known for producing Bustin' Loose, Lock Up with Sylvester Stallone, and Rocky oh. Five. Um So clearly uh, him and Stallone have some uh, type of uh, relationship there. Because I think there was a couple other things that Stallone had some ties to that this guy had his name on. So... They must be friends or something, or, you know, close associates. He was also the assistant director, one of the assistant directors, on some episodes of uh, the original Star Trek series. So that must be the tie to William Shatner, right? Like, this guy. And there's other ties to Star Trek, too. So, you know, remember I I noted Ellis Berman, the uh, effects makeup guy. He had worked on a ton of Star Trek, too. So there, there must have been some connection there with getting William Shatner in this movie, you would think. Yeah. Um, it just makes too much plus, sense. Plus, I know
2: this was some in-between time there right after Star Trek, the original series, and then I know the animated series, uh, a lot of Chatner and a lot of the original cast members did the voices for the animated series, which yeah. went on sometime in the early 70s, right? And then, of course, the motion picture didn't get made until 1979, so I know there was a lot of that in-between time where he was doing a lot of, uh, a lot of these types of movies too, like sort of B-movies and whatnot.
0: So with that, this movie stars Ernest Borgnine, as Jonathan Corbus. What would you not know Ernest Borgnon from? But I mean, I can list off some of the highlights here Escape from New York. Poseidon Adventure. Which I love that movie. That's one of my personal favorite movies. <laughs> Mikhail's Navy. The, the original movie. And then the TV show. And then like that remake from the 90s or whatever. That, you know, early 2000s, yeah. whenever it was in that too. Dirty Dozen. The Black Hole. You know, during Disney's dark period. <laughs> um, Airwolf. I mean, what 80s kid didn't know anything about Airwolf? Oh, yeah. One of Will's personal favorites, Basketball.
1: <laughs> One of the greatest movies ever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and all the way I mean, like the dude did everything. He even voiced a bunch of cartoons, including he was the voice of Mermaid Man and SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, That's right, yeah. <laughs> so the dude did a little bit of everything, pretty much all the way up until the day he died. He passed away in July of 2012 at the age of 95. And uh, he was still doing things all the way up to the end, like voicing cartoons and even like small roles in movies and everything, all the way up to the bitter end. So, um, also uh, uh, Robert
2: Fuet himself, or Fewest himself, the director, died in 2012 at the age of 85. Yeah, same so year.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, but you know it makes sense with, with the age-wise, you know, too, because a lot of these guys were, you know, uh, give or take, around the same age when they did this. So, you know, yeah. I guess once once guys start getting into their, you know, over 75, 80 years old, you know, it's just the clock is ticking, I guess. you know. It stars William Shatner as Mark Preston. You don't even really need to go down this dude's list of stuff. You can just say Captain Kirk. I don't even have to say what that's from, and you know what that's from. from
1: and Star Wars.
0: Yes, of course. Yeah. He was I, a Jedi. I, yeah, he was the Jedi <laughs> in Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, good Lord, all the things that William Shatner has done. He's a lot older than you think he is, too. Like, he was born in 1931. His credits start, like, right around the same time as Ernest Borgnine's credit. On IMDb, he has 243 credits. And they go all the way back to 1951. He was in something called The Butler's Night Off. I guess it's a movie, it looks like. It didn't look like a TV series. I guess it was a random movie in 1951. He played a crook in the butler's night off the dude's been in everything he was even in an episode of howdy duty for God's sake so that tells you how long William Shatner has been kicking around even what I mean he had been in the business for 20 something years even before he made the devil's reign you know so just goes to show you how uh, you know the dudes had staying power for sure it stars Eddie Albert as dr. Sam Richards I guess the one thing you'd know Eddie Albert from the most would be green acres right like green he's, acres, yeah yeah he's the guy the main guy in Green Acres. Um, on IMDb, he's also known for Roman Holiday, The Heartbreak Kid, not Shawn Michaels. The name of the movie, The Heartbreak Kid, and The Longest Yard. Um, that Burt Reynolds uh, football movie from. Uh, <laughs> he played the warden, uh, in, in the in, that, in the original version of The Longest Yard. He passed away in May of 2005 at the age of 99. Mm. According to IMDb, he had 204 credits that go all the way back to 1936 and that right and that, and talking, that credit talking. and that credit is the NBC RCA Experimental Television Demonstration for the Press called the Love Nest. So this dude was literally at the infancy of television <laughs> and did tons of stuff, you know, all the way through. I was just trying to see if he was still active. I, I doubt he was active in any way like when he passed, but no, no. Basically, his last credit was a TV series called California in 1997. Then he passed in uh, 2005. So, I guess, it, uh, you know, the, la- the the end finally caught up to him there. Um, I didn't see how he passed, but I'm sure at, at age 99, do you really need a reason? <laughs> <laughs> um, you yeah, should just say on your death certificate, fuck, I was 99. Give me a break. Ida Lupino. I guess that's how you pronounce her name. I-D-A. Ida. Ida Lupino. Mm-hmm. As Mrs. Preston, she, she plays the, the mom of the family. She would be best known for an old Humphrey Bogart movie, High Sierra. Yeah, She
2: was in a ton of uh, great film noir movies back then. Yeah, I think... I I guess by the time she got to 1975 and The Devil's Reign, she was slumming it, but...
0: (laughs) Yeah, clearly. Uh,
2: Well known in the 50s and 40s and 50s.
0: Such movies as The Hard Way, Ladies in Retirement. (laughs) That's an awesome name for a movie. (laughs) The Man I Love. Uh, Yeah, this was pretty much one of her last uh, movie credits, too, because she... She played in a few TV series, like three or four TV series after this, including an episode of Charlie's Angels. Then she made two more movies, The Food of the Gods, and then her last film was My Boys or Good Boys. Then she passed away in uh, August of 1995 at the age of 77. So I'm not sure what her uh, situation was there, but her last credit was 1978, and she didn't pass until 1995, so maybe she was just done with it by then, or uh, maybe she just couldn't get good roles anymore and just faded away, you know, like... Uh I think back in that time period they didn't have as much as as much of an appreciation for older actors like that. Like when it was over, it was over. Like you said, they had yeah. to kind of slum it in horror movies or something and then they yeah. just went away. Uh, you can pretty
2: much get the just of that from uh I don't know if you've seen uh Ed Wood, the uh, Tim Burton movie. Yeah, yeah. About that you know, in uh Bella lugosi kinda of, you know
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: He'd been you know, icon of horror and all that and uh, by the time he'd gotten to the age of when he made Plan Nine from Outer Space, he was just yeah, slumming it in the most of horror movies.
0: It also stars Kenan Wynn as Sheriff Owens. Now, it's it's a small part, but he's very he's a very recognizable actor. You only see him a couple times, but he was he is best known for Doctor Strangelove, or if you want to go for the the whole title, Doctor Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. <laughs> One of the best titles of a movie ever. Yeah, um, <laughs> great. Annie Kubrick's like Annie Get Your Gun, which I think that was a musical, right? Song of the Thin Man, Point Blank from nineteen sixty seven. Uh, those are just the ones he's known for. I mean, he's got 283 credits on IMDb that go all the way back to 1942 with a few uncredited roles and uh, tons, tons of movies, too. Like, it didn't really look like he really uh, dipped his feet into the uh, the t- uh, TV series until the 50s. But yeah, tons of movies all through the uh, 40s. And 50s and 60s and all all the way to his last credited role, which was 1986, which was, I guess, give or take right around the same time he passed because he died October of 1986 at the age of 70. So you would think a dude with 283 credits would have been older than 70, but he worked his ass off for the time that that he was uh, alive. But his last project, would, I guess would have came out probably sh- uh, around his death or shortly after, was called Hyper Sapien, People from Another Star. <laughs> he played Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it sounds like a winner. Um, yeah, he, we need to get that one, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's next on the Spook Show. Hyper Sapien. <laughs> it's more amazing not that we're going to talk about it, but that we found a copy of it to watch. <laughs> I have it on VHS. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm you not. probably <laughs> do. I don't have <laughs> that does I wouldn't doubt that at all. But uh, you definitely—he's definitely another recognizable face from this cast. And here's another one: Tom Skerritt as Tom Preston. He's uh, he plays uh, uh William Shatner's brother in the film,
2: which is interesting. Just Tom Skerritt as William Shatner's brother is just interesting in and, and <laughs> of <stuff>. itself.
0: Also, that <laughs> his name is Tom Skerritt and his character's name is Tom Preston. Like they got real original.
2: <laughs> yeah, like you know, fuck it.
0: We, I, we just call him Tom. Everybody calls him Tom. Yeah. wrong <laughs> with Tom. <laughs> um, he is best known for Alien of course the first alien movie uh, he played Dallas in that um, he was in contact from 1997 uh, of course Top Gun he was Viper in Top Gun <laughs> MASH the original MASH movie from 1970 you know that uh, that spurred the 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 acclaimed television series um, but he's got hundred and sixty-eight credits on IMDb that go all the way back to 1962 so clearly one of the more successful actors in Hollywood and, and tele in and, and in television as well um, and as best I can tell he's still I wouldn't say he's overly active but he's still active today like he still does stuff his last movie came out in 2017 called Day of Days and it uh, looks like he's in are pro- in post production for another movie that he did called East of the Mountains so he's hes still doing stuff to
1: this day turns out he's the mountain
0: oh, yeah, there you go <laughs> Joan Prather as Julie Preston she plays Tom Skerritt's wife yeah mm-hmm. Julie yeah yeah I had to get my wits about me there who, who the character was for a second Julie there. yeah I'd already forgotten the entire movie. Um, she is known for her role in Big Bad Mama. And actually, while we're talking
2: about that, too, uh, Big Bad Mama, William Shatner, Tom Skerritt, and her were all in uh, Big Bad Mama, which came out one year before this movie.
0: So they, they must have all said, man, this this movie's all right. This is pretty, <laughs> this is pretty good hanging out. Hey, y'all want get to do a piece of shit? <laughs> That's
2: right. Yeah, because Big Bad Mama was a, a Roger Corman production. It was like another drive-in mm-hmm Cold classic, i guess but one that was actually good yeah. <laughs> bank robbing you know like what was it? bootlegging bank robbing outlaws on the on the run basically what the kind of bare bones part of that movie was with sexploitation thrown in of course a la roger corman
0: and then they just all uh, decided I to go go slum it in mexico <laughs> and make uh, the yeah. devil's Rain with ernest borg the, the deer slayer smile something called executive suite i've never heard of that i can't really tell whether it's a tv series or uh Oh yeah, yeah. That's a t- television series from the seventies. She, or her last credit was in 1989 in a TV movie called "An Eight Is Enough Wedding." <laughs> and she's still alive, but uh, apparently she just doesn't uh, do anything anymore. Her last acting credit was 1989, so she went on to other things after that. Woody Chambliss as John. Now you only see once again. It's a small character. You only see him a couple times. Um, but he's like the old caretaker guy or whatever that lives at their house. It's real kind of soft spoken and. They just basically just gets the shit kicked out of them <laughs> with the beard and the long shaggy <laughs> hair and everything. Yeah. And their faces. Their faces. <laughs> no faces. And then nobody would ever noise. nobody would ever listen to him, <laughs> but they trusted him enough to have this book. Um, yeah. anyways, he was in uh Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band back in uh nineteen seventy eight. He played old yeah, Sergeant Pepper. Oh, <laughs> uh no, no. no. Um <laughs> A movie called Then Came Bronson, which uh, does it even have Charles Bronson in it? Because it's called. Nope, it doesn't look like it does. (laughs) That is too awesome. Um, Apparently, he had uh, he was in some episodes of Gunsmoke, the old series, the Wild Wild West. I mean, I mean, he's a recognizable face if you see him in some of those old westerns and stuff. Mm Three Ten to Yuma, like the old original one from 1957. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he he had been around and and had been in uh, acting for quite some time, but his last uh, credited role. He had 59 credits. Um, his last one was in 1983, called a movie called Reckless and in Love. But his first role was all the way back in 1946, uh, an uncredited role in a movie called Three Strangers. But he died uh, about six years after this movie came out in January of 1981, and he was 66 years old. He definitely looked uh, a lot older than 66. Well, I mean, he was 66 when he died, so which means he was probably about 60 when they made this movie. And he looks like he's 82. Um, and then, of course, the... the, the the biggest one to point out here was uh, a little-known actor named John Travolta, played <laughs>
2: yeah, in his first <laughs> debut, right? As yeah. far as, well, debut as far as uh, I think feature film, yeah, yeah,
0: theatrical movie. Or Once again, one of the more successful actors uh, of uh, of a generation,
1: as it turns out. But trust me, you couldn't tell it in this movie. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, not oh, even
1: I, in it all that much, of course. Too. Oh, I had
0: to go. Like, I, I had to take a minute afterwards. I'm like, wait a minute, John Travolta was in this movie, but I don't remember <laughs> where the hell was he at? Right. Asperger. <laughs> Last <laughs> so I had to go back and like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's him. There you go. It's that hollow eye look that really, like, fucks yeah. you up, you know. <laughs> Another one of those uh, things that don't really make a whole hell of a lot of sense in this movie. The, the whole wax part of it. But whatever, we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think as far as future film, you're right. This is his debut because he had been in some uh, a cou- uh, couple episodes of TV series before this. And uh, he was in an, had an uncredited role in a TV movie before this called Nightmare. Um, but otherwise, it was oh, yeah. just a few random episodes of TV shows and then this. But obviously, it wasn't. he didn't catch his uh, big break, I wouldn't say, so to speak, until Carrie came out the next year.
2: Yeah, which was only one year after this, right? Yeah.
0: So, this is just think about that for a second. This is like this movie came out the same time as Jaws and fucking Carrie. And then, like, this one's looked <laughs> and then, at. Hell, and hell, think just,
3: about
2: Saturday Night Fever was only one year after that. So, yeah, yeah. 77, well, seven, I think. So, that well, was he an got iconic a, truly ba- breakout role. And that was only two years after his feature film debut. So yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Carrie, not, that was a year later. And yeah. then, uh, I, I think, I, because I, I've even heard of it, there was a TV movie in between there, too, called The Boy in the Plastic Bubble that I think was pretty big back in that time. Yeah, that was, yeah. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, his star rose pretty damn fast after this, but obviously, like you said, you barely you, you blink and you miss it uh, with his role <laughs> in this movie. Um, yeah. And then, of course, his role as Vinnie Barbarino in Welcome Back, Cotter, shot yeah. him to the fucking moon, you know, and then it was all off yeah. to the races after that. But, yeah, I'm sure we'll go into the career of John Travolta at some point or another. But I saw something, too, that apparently, like, this, this movie or uh, him being on this movie started him in the Church of Scientology. Yeah, I didn't, about, I, didn't, I didn't hear about that yet.
1: Yeah, the thing that I found was uh, apparently one of the actresses in the movie gave him a copy of Dianetics. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's like their what bible. Down to church, church of Scientology.
0: I think Dianetics is basically kind of like their bible so to speak, like it's the book that kind of starts you off on the path of spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to go up the pyramid scheme. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm look. to each their own, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, uh that so that's kind of an interesting little tidbit there, you know, of that part of it.
1: Um, also, since, film... since we're since we're on that part, uh, I thought this was kind of a funny quote I I'd found on the movie. Uh, film reviewer Michael Adams wrote a book uh, back in twenty ten,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and he said it's the ultimate cult movie. It's about a cult, has a cult following, was devised with input from a cult leader, and saw the future superstar indoctrinated into a cult <laughs> that he helped popularize. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like uh, the inception of cult movies, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> which itself is a cult movie. <laughs> um, I failed to mention when we were talking about uh, Ida Lupino, she actually won an award for this movie. She won a Saturn Award, which is like, kinda like uh, oh, yeah, sci-fi sci-fi award, yeah. kind of like uh sci-fi horror kind of awards, you know, that they've done for like forty something years. Uh, hmm. She won the Saturn Award that year for best supporting actress, so that was kind of interesting, especially since she's she's really I mean she's in it plenty. Right, but like she only really gets to like, act, so to speak, like at the very beginning of it, yeah, and then she just kind of goes away and just become, becomes one of those uh eyeless, eyeless. goons, you know. At the <laughs> Although she does have one of
2: the most creepily effective scenes in the movie, I think, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, <laughs> as far as it with the eyeless, you know, jump scare, if you will.
0: <laughs> but I thought that was kind of interesting that uh, this this movie actually did win an award of some of some uh, note, which the best the best film. Uh, which I've got the Saturn Awards pulled up from that year just because it interested me, right? The best film that year? Jaws. The best director? Mel Brooks for Young Frankenstein. Oh. Here are the nominees for best horror film for the Saturn Awards that year. Young Frankenstein. <laughs> best <laughs> horror film, Young Frankenstein. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Black Christmas. Bug. Phantom of the Paradise. The Rocky Horror Picture Show and vampira. So we've now talked about at least uh two of the movies that were <laughs> that were mentioned in the Saturn Awards that year. Um, and maybe <laughs> one of these days we'll get the Young Frankenstein cuz I guess if they're going to classify it as a horror film, we can classify it as a horror <laughs> film. So let's go yeah, with Yeah,
2: I it. think it's I think it's horror comedy, right? I mean, I, although it's comedy, really
0: it's, yeah, it's comedy right. that uses a horror. When I'm talking one of Frank- my favorite movies of all time, Young Frankenstein's on the list. So <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> any yeah. excuse to slide that one in, I'm in. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Far-
2: it's my favorite comedy of all time.
0: It's, if it ain't my, or at least close. Yeah, they there it's, in the top five. Yeah, That's yeah, it. <laughs> it's, it's definitely top five for sure, no doubt. When we were talking about the critical uh, reception of this movie, Roger Ebert at that time in the Chicago Sun-Times said of it, all of this would be good, silly fun if the movie weren't so painfully dull. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was that the material stretched too thin. There's not enough here to fill a feature-length film. And then he gave the film one and a half stars out of four and eventually added it to his most hated movies list. <laughs> Now, once again, the one more tidbit that I found that I'm sure one of y'all had to have seen, the William Shatner, the mask. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, the the direct poll that I found here says, a cast of William Shatner's face used for this film would eventually be used to create a Captain Kirk mask. (laughs) That mask would be painted white to serve as the mask of the slasher film villain Michael Myers in the Halloween franchise. And and the funny thing is too like you know I I actually read that before you know when I was doing some of the research before I sat down and watched the movie. So I had that in my mind when you know like you're sitting there watching it and there's a couple of scenes there you know especially toward the end when you you know he's got that stuff on his face Shatner does. Yeah. When it yeah. straight up does look like Michael Myers. You're like, yeah. "Oh damn." You know, yeah, aside, uh, when, when when I was watching
2: the movie, I took a <laughs> I just had to pause it at a certain scene where cuz I was getting up to do something and it was a scene where Shatner was outside the church after he was inside the church with the first cult scene cult the black mass scene was going on and he goes outside
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it's as he's outside there's some black robe robe figures out there right yeah. and he's like standing there looking up he's kind of looking at not the camera but where i paused it was like him looking right there at the camera sort of with the black robe people behind him and i have some friends at work who are uh, who are like metal and stuff too so i don't know if you ever heard of the band sun S U N N with the O with the parentheses signs or whatever. They're a you know sort of Death metal. like a alt metal doom metal type band. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> I think I'd send it to that saying uh, I'm gonna tell my kids this was Michael Myers at a Sun concert because right? yeah. <laughs> 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 it was it was the movie that the thing came from. Of course, The Mask. Which uh, I mean, I think some people don't even realize that. A lot of people, if you if you they know maybe that The Mask was the boy in face, but they think it was from an episode of Star Trek. Yeah, you know they they had to cast his face in Star Trek at some point. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize that this is the movie that the actual cast came from.
0: So if this movie has no other uh, lasting legacy, then for that it was worth it, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it basically birthed Michael Myers because wasn't that even that an accident, right? Like shit, we need a mask, right? Well, I don't, I don't, I got, know
2: that, yeah, yeah. I don't think they purposely like a,
0: went out you know, to get a William Shatner mask, right? It was like shit, we need a mask, yeah. go get one and then yeah. paint it or something, you know? and Then yeah, like, yeah. But boom, Later
2: they realized it was Shatner, right? It was. It was
0: yeah, yeah, something, paint yeah. <laughs>
4: Let's
3: all go to the lobby
0: to get ourselves a treat. For you, the listeners of the All American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, you know, we, we've talked tons, you know, on a handful of past episodes about some of the, uh, the top stuff that you can find on there. Um, I'll just go down briefly on uh, some of the stuff that you can find under Mystery, Thriller, and Suspense, um, since it kind of fits the theme, right? The Guest List, a novel by Lucy Foley. The Advocate, book one. It's just called The Advocate by Teresa Burrell. Pretty Things, a novel by Janelle Brown. The Silent Wife, apparently is the 10th book of the Will Trent series, who figured this was a thing, uh, by Karen Slaughter. <laughs> Sucker Punch by Laurel K. Hamilton. That's the 27th book, of the Anita Blake Vampire Hunter series, which my wife has uh, read some of those. I don't know if she knew that that new one was out, but that's available there on uh, Audible. As always, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audiobook. All right, so I guess, uh, you know, without any further ado, I guess we can go ahead and dive into the movie itself. It's got a long credit sequence to start the movie, doesn't it? Like... <laughs> like <laughs> It just kept going. I'm like, Jesus Christ, let's get through. No wonder there's only like 10 seconds of credits at the beginning because they they blew like the first four minutes on the credits, you know. But it's just like, I I guess these are like devil paintings or something going on in the background. I don't even know what the hell these paintings are. I guess it's like church devil type Satan stuff going on with these paintings these
1: drawings the same ones that was inside the book
0: the only thing i saw when they flipped open the book was just like some blood signatures in there i mean maybe it was i don't know but i don't remember there being any intricate drawings in there was there maybe i'm just forgetting it i thought i saw something in you know, I was, maybe i'm
2: wrong I, I was i don't know i missed the credits for some reason i think i was messing around doing something getting a drink or doing whatever while no, the no, no. In the Now,
0: if they were the same
2: no you saw they were the
0: same uh oh go ahead no you saw the credits you just forgot that that happened you blocked out that five minutes of your life
2: <laughs> you know, but i remember i was watching that we have it i have it on vhs i have it on dvd and then it was it's on where did y'all watch it i forget what streaming service services
0: uh, i watch it on amazon prime amazon prime mm-hmm. i think it was on
2: it's on the dvd on the menu screen i think it had a frozen i remember seeing some there was some stuff there from the famous artist known as hieronymus bosch he had some images of hell that he painted now, I don't know if this was the beginning credit sequence because, like I said, I wasn't in. I forget, I wasn't in the room when the first part of the credit sequence was on. But, so, but they very it, well could be. Could have been. Have been yeah, I know it that, that kind
0: was of, It was that kind of thing. You, you know, you watch these yeah. t- type of movies enough, you know what we're talking about here. It's like the yeah. the devil, you know, being cast from heaven down to hell kind of paintings and stuff. And then like, there's some creepy music playing with like a moaning up underneath it, like. <laughs>
1: Oddly enough it says the nun. Yeah. The
0: nun, the nun.
1: (laughs) If you listen to all of our podcasts, that's a throwback.
0: Yeah. So then it uh then you're introduced to uh Mrs. Preston and the caretaker guy John, which you never really tell what this dude is, right? He's just kinda like this old dude that hangs around. I'm just making the leap saying saying that he's the caretaker, but I don't know what the fuck he is, right? Is he part of the family? I don't think so. Yeah, that's another one of those plot hole things. Yeah, like <laughs> they, they who just is this didn't guy? Even bother to explain that well. I guess they were just like, "Hey, we got uh, uh what, what was the guy's the the actor, uh, uh, Woody Chambliss? We got Woody yeah. Chambliss. Let, let's just get yeah, him we'll in here look somehow." You're <laughs> so you're introduced to uh, her and uh, John, Mrs. Preston and John, and then uh, Mark, William Shatner's character walks in, and uh, he's been out looking for uh, his dad, whose name's Steve Preston. Then all of a sudden they hear a noise outside, and Dad shows up. <laughs> And his face is all melted. He t- basically tells him, like, give Corbus the book. And then he just falls over and melts. He's dead. Which, another thing, too, like, do they ever make it clear, like, whether, like, you're dead or not when you're made, like, into this wax person? <laughs> what the hell's going <laughs> yeah, I don't on? I think there? they
2: like, see, well, yet again, another, uh, another, one, another plot. I mean, the movie's full of plot holes, for sure. Like, they don't even bother explaining a lot of stuff that's going on here, whether their soul was
0: trapped, I guess. That's what I'm and guessing. Like, made. maybe right. like, you're yeah. kind of like all a, right. a holeless like a, a soulless husk yeah. made out of wax. See, I'm <laughs> almost
1: wondering if, if, if they went to the to the route of, uh, all right, so listen to me, guys. The eyes <laughs> takes, are the windows to the soul.
0: Takes a hit.
1: <laughs> so let's take the soul, put it in a magic ball, and it'll be eyeless husk.
2: And a snow globe. We'll put it in the soul snow globe. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the goat head soul bowl that they put, <laughs> that they put the souls in. Like, But I, I just never quite understood the whole wax thing, though. Like, I think they do make some reference to it eventually like when they do the flashback scene back into the 1600s when mm. they're coming for yeah, Corbus. Did,
1: didn't he say something like didn't Corbin uh what is Corbin Corbus. uh say something to the young kid? Yeah, yeah,
0: that's what I was thinking like likes. he hands him some shit like here take this candle and this other stuff. You know the incantations, right? Now get under the stairs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then like uh I'm guessing never maybe never touched it again. Yeah, they just never <laughs> followed up on that uh <laughs> Or I I guarantee there's a deleted scene somewhere. uh, At least I hope where it explains it a little bit more. Right? You would think there's (laughs) got to (laughs) be
1: Ernest Borgnine back in. What
0: the hell is a deleted scene? All I can say (laughs) is the payday must have been really, or at least the payday promise must have been really good for like Borgnine and a a few of these others for them to do this. Because like together, this movie makes zero sense. It really doesn't. (laughs) But once again, enjoyable because we can you know poke at it and whatnot. But still. It makes no sense. So, I mean, one thing that they did at least get right, but they could, should have
2: played up more, was the location they shot it at in the, out in the desert. The cinematography talking some of the desert stuff, is pretty cool, but they didn't use that enough, I guess.
0: So they shot this in Mexico. Like, Did they construct that, that Wild West town, or is that truly like an old ghost town they found?
2: Yeah, that I'm not sure. And, and then the church, too, right?
0: Yeah, it, but it looks there's, like a, a lone
2: church sitting by itself, so.
0: And that makes no sense with the, the geography of... Yeah. Right? I mean, like, I
2: mean, I'm assuming they must have had to build that set because of what happens to it, too, at the internet. of that. So, I mean, that, you know, the building for that. Would, they never... I,
0: say, I don't think they ever say where this is, right? Like, they never put, like, hi, no, we're, I'm, we're I'm, in Mexico I'm... or we are in New Mexico yeah. or wherever the hell we're... You just know they're in a desert, right? Yeah. But, like, yeah. were there old pilgrim sick, uh, villages in the fucking desert? <laughs> right? Like... <laughs> like the setting of this is all wrong like this should be like massachusetts or something like that (laughs) i don't think they thought that through
2: when they said we're going to have pilgrims in the desert (laughs) Uh, sounded good at the time i guess
1: or maybe turns out it was originally salem's lot yeah this is the original concept
0: I mean, it, it makes more sense to me that, like, they should have, obviously, this should have been, like, in Massachusetts or something. But maybe they're trying to, yeah. like, maybe the flashback was in Massachusetts or somewhere, like, in the northeast. And then, for whatever reason, now, Corbis has followed this family out west to, they live in the desert or something, right? Maybe that's maybe that's the leap you need to take. No, yeah. Right? It could it be,
2: <laughs> I, I could have been out there, out getting another drink when that happened.
0: No, you weren't. I
2: mean, I swear, I watched a movie. I did watch it. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, I think that's the excuse we should all use when we don't. just doesn't make sense. I was I was smoking or uh, <laughs> taking a piss, and I just left the movie going. So Mark runs out, or a truck arrives, and then Mark goes out to the truck, like, "Oh, Dad's here. I'm gonna go." And then he opens up the door, and there's like a doll, like a voodoo doll of his mom, like stuck to the steering wheel. And then you steering hear wheel. you hear her screaming, and there's like shit, you know, banging around in the house or whatever. He doesn't like haul ass back to the house. He just kind of <laughs> meanders back to the house. <laughs> And then and when he opens the door, uh, old caretaker Johnny there, he's hanging upside down like his face is bloody. And uh, he's just like, uh, they didn't have faces, you know, that uh, just mumbling to himself. Not like, not very helpful at all. Except that he says that she's gone. And right before this, she tried to give Mark an amulet. An a- a- amulet. Amulet. An amulet uh, to go confront. An ambulance? Ambulance. Am- ambient? Amulet. Am- yeah. Ambient? <laughs> ah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's what I was on when I was watching this. Um... <laughs> She gets, she tries to give him an amulet and then it kind of like he kind of brushes it off or whatever. But then now that she's gone, he grabs the amulet to go face Corb or Corbus. Keep wanting to say Corbin, Corbus. <laughs> uh, so he drives to this old west town <laughs> <laughs> and he meets Corbus. And this is like you say, you get a uh, old west uh, rancher Borgnine here. When he uh, meets up with him, and uh, they do the old like he wants a thing of water, and he kicks the thing like here's your water, you know. <laughs> they did everything, but it's wet, ain't it? You know when uh, he's like this is this this turned water. Then they basically like it's it's this is weird. It's like it's almost like this this uh, Preston family is in on it, but then they're not in on it. You know what I mean by like it almost seems like some of them know they about know. yeah. The the Satan shit, but then the rest of them don't know anything about the Satan shit. Well,
2: it's like at the very beginning, (laughs) when uh, William, well, William Shatner's character, when his dad coming back, right? That his mom was saying, she was already saying what was going to happen. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. She had this premonition and feeling. Well, I think they do kind of. Nah, nah. He's fine. He's dad. He's gone away. And then, then that happens. I
0: I think (laughs) they do kind of explain that a little bit later on when they say something like (laughs) it's passed, like the women in the family. This book is passed down to the women of the family to protect it. So she didn't tell them about it or something and maybe that's where that you know that connection is made but but he has when he meets Corbus out in this desert town he like they they decide to have like a like an old school faith challenge or something right <laughs> we're gonna go into the old church here and like my faith is better than yours oh hell yeah, no this is the
2: first the uh, first borgnine that we mentioned earlier about the, the one who's in the in the cowboy hat and, uh, yeah you know, like, rancher, a ran- like a rancher basically. rancher
0: borgnine <laughs> But yeah. then, as soon as he goes in there, like he he changes into the red robes and he's satanic Borgnine here, and then they like a, it's almost like Satan Church is in session when he walks in, right? There's a bunch of robed people and Cor uh, and, corp- and Corbus yeah. is lead- yeah they're chanting you know omnibum omnibus, and Corbus is leading the procession. You see, Mrs. Preston. Now I, I say it like a question because like is this really her or is it like what the hell's going on, right? Like so she <laughs> she's been taken away and now she's part of this group with the robes on and she's got no eyes. Like or, you know, whatever the hell's going on, right? Like, <laughs> they don't have eyes. They just got like these weird wax looking faces kind of. But she's there and there's others in robes and then they surround Mark and uh he shoots a dude and like wax starts pouring or like it looks kinda like wax, right? Like melted wax or whatever the hell, like some goo. Starts shooting out of the guy. Mark runs. And then Corbus like, he's got that amulet. And he's kind of, like, holding it out, like, to Corbus, And then Corbus turns it into a snake. Because <laughs> that was pretty funny. It's just, like, wound around his neck. It didn't bite him or anything, but he screams, holy hell. Like, ah! and throws the snake. And then uh, he's, like, kind of holding his throat. Uh, and then, of yeah. course, they surround him and capture him. Now, this is where you're introduced to Dr. Sam Richards. And he's giving, like, a lecture on, like, ESP or something with Tom and Julie Preston. Now, Tom is William Shatton. This is Tom Skerritt. uh, It's William Shatner's brother. And and Julie Preston is his wife. And, like, it's like she's in a trance or something. I don't know what the hell this lecture was about. Like, what the shit's going on here, right? She's, like, laying (laughs) on a table in a trance. And uh, they're both doctors. this is when I walked
2: out and got another drink, and I came back and thought some other movie was on.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Me, too, and I came back an hour later, and it was over. Um, (laughs) If only I could say
1: that. So is this where uh, is this where uh, vankman from Ghostbusters pre- uh, thesis on uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. being able to uh, get ESP
0: uh, yeah. is based off <laughs> of <that? laughs> the electric shock therapy? <laughs> right after this, you're introduced to Sheriff Owens. Uh, like, uh, uh, cause they go they go to look for uh, the, the he gets a Tom gets a word that something's happened to his family, so he goes back to ha- the old homestead. They're all gone. Then you see you're introduced to Sheriff Owens like basically was like, well, fuck your family. I'm not helping. Uh, (laughs) They might,
1: well, we've got other cops. I'm not bringing them out for this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That, that storm last night that dried up real fast. If you recall that earlier, um, when it was storming outside and then all of a sudden he goes outside and it's not even fucking wet on the ground anymore. That storm. (laughs) Yep. Um, he can't spare any men, uh, to go help him look for his missing family from that dried up storm.
1: It dried Like it was raining. It was night. Then it was dry and it was day and moments had passed.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It was literally like, I was just outside. I go in, I come back, and now it's dry. Uh, The sun is almost
1: up. These are the things
2: that go on when you live in Satanville.
1: (laughs) Well, this explains a lot. This happened in Satanville.
0: (laughs) If they just read the name of the town, then all all their questions would have been answered. Um, Then you see a scene. it's
1: It's like buying a house in Texas. It's like... It's like pennies
0: on the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then you see a scene of Corbis uh, torturing Mark. Like, where's the book? You know, and like they've, they've been cut like a, a or branded him or whatever the hell they did on his chest with a pentagram. So then Tom and Julie go out to the old ghost town and then they immediately find the Satan church. <laughs> they go inside and then they hear an explosion. They come out and their damn car has been blown up <laughs> just out of nowhere. And then this dude comes comes once again out of nowhere driving Mark's car at them and then drives it into a porch and then, like, jumps out and runs in, inside the Satan church.
1: Now, how do you know it was Mark's car? I mean, it would be like if there was an enormous P on the door.
0: Yeah, well, that was the dead giveaway,
1: <laughs> Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And what the hell was their business too? Because there's a P, and then it says Press, and then it's kind of faded away. So like, this clearly means like th- they got some money or something, right? And they live out in the in the fucking desert, and they got a car with a P on the side of <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> they got to be into money, right? Uh, once again, it doesn't matter, I guess. So then uh, this guy that r- tried to run him over with the car, and Tom start rolling around, and then uh, uh Julie like he's holding him down, and Julie looks into his eyes, and then she sees like this flashback. Now like. <laughs> You're in full flashboat flashback mode of a Corbus looking for the book back in in the 1600s, when I guess like he's got the book, and then somebody somebody in their little Satan group takes off with the book. So then eventually, like the people of the town, you know, all the uh, the church or the uh, you know the religious people of the town confront him outside, and then so one of the guys in the in the group, it's William Shatner, but it's like 1600s version of William Shatner, and his name's Martin (laughs) Fife, okay. It's his wife, Martin Fife's wife, that, like, steals the book and then, I guess, tells everybody about what's going on. <laughs> so she's, like, backing up, like, the head, the head asshole in charge. And Corbus says something to her and then comes across and slaps her and says slap. I watched this two or three <laughs> times. <laughs> I watched this, like, two or three times. I went back. and like, what the fuck? He just said slap. <laughs> I think,
2: yeah, I think everybody, anybody that's going to slap somebody should say that. Yeah, of system. course.
0: Slap! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so he bitch. he points at her like you motherfucker, and then says slap, and then slaps her right in the face. <laughs> oh, it was glorious. <laughs> oh so, yeah, I had to watch that two or three times because so I was just laughing my ass off. Um, Indian bird. <laughs> what's, what's that psych? <laughs> So then, like, basically, Corbus curses the Fife family for this forever. Like, I'm coming and for you. That explains
1: Barney.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's his <laughs> That's Tom Skerritt back in the 1600s. Yeah.
0: And then uh, the townspeople burn all of them at the stake. Like, he willingly, like, jumps up on the, uh, jumps up on there and just, like, laughing as they burn him. Um, which they did kind of cheap out on that. Like, you don't see anybody burn here. Like they, they couldn't even be bothered to put like a dummy up there and burn it. Like <laughs> you don't see anyone burn here. You just see some flames and then hear him laughing and then they cut away. Um, well, kind
1: of, kind of jumping ahead to the, to the kill count at the end. Technically, I don't think you see anybody actually die in this.
0: You might be right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, Shat- Shatner, they hang him upside down. He screams cut away. Yeah. yeah. That's really the only one I can think of the mom taken out of the house. I don't know. Off. I
0: think it, I think it's pretty safe to say you do see people die with the the last 10 or 15 minutes because those are like the soulless
1: husk of <laughs> no, people, no, right? Those are soulless husks. They're not alive.
0: But they were once people, so I mean.
1: <laughs> the kill- so were zombies, but
0: <laughs> Yeah, well.
1: <laughs> we're splitting dead hairs here, now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I think we've done all we can here today. On the next episode, (laughs) that made just
2: about as much sense as the movie. Yeah, uh,
0: I think you've thrown a big curveball here. (laughs) So then, uh, Tom and Julie uh, leave after, like, she's had this uh, vision. Tom goes back, like, they're leaving out, and then, like, Tom's like, "You know, I got to go back, right?" So he gets out, and like, he just decides to walk on back, and then Julie keeps driving, and then as she's driving, (laughs) she didn't put up a fight either. Yeah, she's like, "All right, well, see you later, man." Hope it all turns out for Which, you there. I, look,
1: that's probably the most realistic thing. You're crazy enough to walk back here. Yeah, I'm true. Out. Peace.
0: <laughs> F- <laughs> fuck your family. Bye. I just married in. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so she drives off, and then all of a sudden, Missus Preston, you know the the eyeless version of Missus Preston, is in the back seat, and she uh, sits up and she just like does the old double take, like, bah! and then and then slowly wrecks into a tree. <laughs> Not um, enough
1: to really mess up the car.
0: No, nah, at all. <laughs> <laughs> They probably had to get that car back to whoever they loaned it from somewhere in Mexico, you know, take the pee off the side <laughs> of it, so they didn't want to fuck it up too much.
1: It'd be funny if you went back and rewatched it. And what they did is they pulled it up to a tree and then played it in reverse. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well they used to do that in those old type of movies, yeah, so oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But yeah, it slowly kinda of hits the tree and then it cuts away to the Satan group is taking Mark to a ritual site like uh somewhere nearby, like out in the like on this plateau or some shit out in the uh I keep wanting to say woods, but you know, in the desert somewhere, right? Like it's not in the town; it's off to the side over there. Tom is there in disguise, in one of the robes.
1: Um, but you know what the dead giveaway is, right? What? The eyes.
0: Yeah, and the I thought you were gonna say the mustache, <laughs> but yeah, you're right.
1: <laughs> and the fact that he's moving when nobody else is. <laughs> yeah, he's
0: he's he's moving around while they're all just kind of standing in one <laughs> spot, and he's kind of moving around slowly, making his way to the front. The Corbus is up on like the ritual altar, or whatever, and he's praying. And then there's an explosion. It's not just like a puff of smoke either. It's like a full on fucking explosion. Yeah. I thought something had blew he, up.
2: He, it's like he blew up. Yeah. You know, like, I was just like, like so
0: up. what the hell just blew up? It was Borg <laughs> 9 and he turned into Goatman Borg 9. Yes, yeah, because like two seconds <laughs> after the
2: explosion, it's like, blam, hey, oh, you know, <laughs> with, the, with the ram horns. That's me! <laughs> Slap! <laughs> Slap! <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's one of the greatest moves in movie history. <laughs> But yeah, the goat, the the ram man, goat man, whatever the hell he is, sorry. this is never explained. Like, what the hell? Oh, Hello? Sorry, I was still laughing over there. Oh, oh.
2: <laughs> I had to take the phone away from my
0: mouth for a second because I was yeah.
2: still cracking up, thinking of it. Slap! <laughs> Popping up with a ram horn and slap. Yeah. Uh, okay, I got to compose with something good now, though. But...
0: All right, so what is the goat man, the ram man, whatever you want to call him? What the hell is this? Explain. Anybody? Anybody got any theories? I think it's just a I'm. I'm I mean, I'm going to guess the theory they went with
2: is just that he's like kind of like. I mean, just your what you would imagine is a goat-headed, baphomet, ram's head, satanic cult leader. If you were to turn just, into
0: the you're the symbolism
2: of what he's doing, you know. You're run of the mill ram
0: man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like is I, I guess you're you're to assume that Corbus isn't alive, right? Like he's just some entity at this point, right? I mean, it's kind of where. Yeah, going.
1: Yeah. B- because, like, the first time the, that he pops up or something, stable. doesn't yeah. he say something to the effect of, uh, is the body ready or something? Well, there, I know oh, they oh, were talking no. about Mark
0: where they were trying to put the spirit of Martin Fife in him, which, you know, that's what they're basically there to do in this little ritual. Mm-hmm. So I guess he's got this, the soul of Martin Fife, and for whatever reason, he wants to put it in Mark, which is fucking disgusting. He wants to put... <laughs> <laughs> he wants to put it in Mark... <laughs> I guess to make him Martin Fife for some reason, right? I don't. You you, you look like him, so I'm going to put the spirit in there. You know, that's all there is to it. Get ready. <laughs> Bend over. But I have to be Goat Man to do this. So, and then right, like as they're doing this, Tom is discovered, and then he just shoots two of the guys <laughs> and runs. And then like when he shoots him, like you know gooey wax and shit's running out of their guts, you know, or their stomachs so as it's he's kind of r- rainbow
2: color too a little bit, which you know, which again kind of playing on that precursor to the melt movies. To the melt, yeah, of, yeah. Usually the melt movies are that neon y kind of meltdowns and stuff.
0: So then as he's running away he goes back into the little ghost town there and then he pushes the dude off a balcony. <laughs> and like <laughs> I'm pretty sure the dude probably survived the fall, but it sounded like he just fell like fifteen stories to his death. Like yeah. Meanwhile it's just one story <laughs> off the top, you know um <laughs> And then another guy comes along and he stabs the dude with a pitchfork. So then you see more of the ooze come out. And then he just runs into the night. He's gone. So now, he next day, he's made it back home. And he's on, the like, the front porch of his house with Dr. Richards. And they're talking about the book. And Dr. Richards has already figured it all out. Like, he's there for five minutes. And, like, oh, yeah, well, this is the book right here. And it's got, clearly, this has got the names of souls in it. And uh, <laughs> Corbis just wants the soul book back. <laughs>
1: Don't Every, you see this enormous name with
0: Preston in it? It just, <laughs> it just took an hour to get there, but, you know, you kind, it kind of makes sense now, right? You know you know the function of the book, at least. Uh, and then they see his brother Mark's name in the book, so, you know, that means he's got a soul or whatever, right? So then you see Cor- Corbus has Julie, you remember his uh, Tom's missing wife. Uh, they've got her now down at the ritual site doing the little, uh, chants or whatever. Tom and Dr. Richards are arrive at the, the old Satan church there in the ghost town. I think they call it redstone. And this is where they like lift up this little thing in the floor. And then they find the goat head ball. that has got souls inside. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the Ram soul ball here, um, <laughs> It's a testicle of the devil. It's got a little TV monitor on it, so you can uh, easily see all the souls <laughs> you that you keep the souls. <laughs> <laughs> That you keep inside of it <laughs> I'll definitely get one channel on this thing. very nice of uh, Satan to design it in such a way <laughs> That you can see very tidily <laughs> that you keep your souls in there So then Sheriff Owens arrives or like or you know He walks in but his head's down. and He looks up and now his uh, his eyes are gone. So now <laughs> he's been possessed like, so, he must have shown up and then uh, immediately got uh, cornholed, right? Like, you don't <laughs> see any of this happen, but they they got him pretty quick. So then they they pretty they dispatch up him pretty quickly. Like, he kind of attacks them, but then they just kind of toss him into that hill hole, whatever the hell that was, right? I'm assuming it's like a hill hole, where Or <laughs> a, a junk. Yeah, a junk pushed him right into <laughs> the junk hole. <laughs> Um, no, that was 10 years later before Light that was a thing. And, and then it catches fire. Like as soon as they push him in there, you hear, ah, and then it, kept the <laughs> flame shoot up. So I just assume like, yeah, this is like a hole to hell and they just push him right on down in there. So then they go up with the little soul ball up into like the balcony, but they forget the fucking book. Like they just leave the book sitting right there on the floor. <laughs> so this very important object, this whole movie, eh, fuck it. You know, we got the soul ball now. We don't need the book. Honestly, the, what did they really need the
2: book for to the first place? <laughs>
0: What I mean, do we really? what do we need any of this for? Smoke? I mean like what are we doing wasn't here?
2: Keeping tally wasn't the book for keeping tally of who all they had the souls they had.
0: Yeah, apparently They're already in the ball. Apparently yeah. The soul ball. He's got the souls like why can't he just finish the fucking yeah. process? Like does he really need the blood book? <laughs> Whatever. It wasn't like
2: there was some incantation in there he needed out of.
0: So then one of the one of the goons which I think that's the that was John Travolta, right? The guy that found the book. Let's yeah, just let's so. just say it is. Fuck it.
2: John Travolta finds
0: the book <laughs> and then uh, gives the book to Corbis, who who is definitely happy about having the book, but he's just like, he doesn't say a word. He just kind of smiles and clutches it to his chest and, you know, uh, get ready for the ritual. So then they carry the uh, Corbus and all the goons, you know, they all walk into the church and they've got Julie, like, strapped to a cross. Tom sees this up on the balcony. He just jumps off the balcony. I don't know what his plan was, but, like, <laughs> I'm just going to get down there and just fuck some people up. But they quickly subdue him. <laughs> <laughs> and then um the 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 husk of Mark walks up to him and just kind of stares at him and he just kind of whimpers down like ooh, you know <laughs> And doesn't and doesn't really do anything else you know at least temporarily and then Dr. Richards comes down with the old soul ball there and threatens to destroy the devil's reign so th- I guess this is where you get the the first connection like I guess the devil's reign is inside this ball with the souls I guess I don't know what the fuck's going on <laughs>
2: He says, and I'm going to get de- it rained on for eternity. I'm going mean, to destroy him like a very, you know,
0: if you don't you know. let t- he tells Corbus, like, if you don't let Tom and Julie go, I'm going to destroy this ball. And then they just like take it from him <laughs> with like zero fight. <laughs> no, you're not. Give me that yeah, there. they just kind of push him yeah. and take it out of his hand. <laughs> so then uh, he's subdued. But then Dr. Richards convinces Mark like as he's being held. Like, look, this is your-, like because Mark's got the ball. He says This is your chance to break out is if you break the soul ball, you know, your soul will be released. And uh you know you won't be uh in hell for eternity. So then he decides to smash the ball and then for some reason that blows the roof open. And then <laughs> rain starts to fall through the roof. I guess what kind of rain is it? I think this is the devil's rain. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a meteorologist, but I think this is the devil's <laughs> rain coming through the roof. <laughs> um <laughs> You know the the dumb thing I think about this this I mean, there's a lot of dumb things going on here, but I think one of the dumbest things about this is that couldn't they have just like moved over to the left and the devil's rain wouldn't <laughs> touch them? Like, you know, there's just a big <laughs> hole in the roof. Like, yeah. there's more roof. Uh, <laughs> just go over there, you know. And no, instead they're just like no, you know. And then they, they're all up in the rain. <laughs> Mark and Mrs. Preston, they they come up, you know. This is Tom's uh, brother and mom, and then they they're melting, like you know, because they're in the rain. Um, then Tom finally confronts Corbus, who like, they don't really say anything to each other. Corbus just kind of, you know, sneers at him and they kind of go around in a couple of circles and then he just grabs him by the head <laughs> and then forces Tom down to the ground because now he's goat man again, right? He's in turn back into ram man. <laughs> yeah. And he just kind of grabs him by the head and forces him down to the ground. And he's like, I guess he's trying to push him down into the, uh, the hill hole there. Then the, the devil's rain hits Corbus, and then he starts to melt. So there's like this long thing of him kind of slowly melting, and he lets go of Tom, but he's still on top of him, and he's melting, and his fucking eyes falling out. then he eventually falls into the hell hole, and then there's an explosion, and now the church is on fire, so like even more of the roof I guess is open. Tom and Julie and Dr. Richards they're able to run out of the church and get away, but all these these uh these husks these these people they're just melting in the devil's rain just and this is a long scene i mean i'm I'm skipping over like fifteen minutes of melt here uh <laughs> It's it's really long at the end. It's all these people melting in various ways. And then the church explodes. I mean, full on fucking like somebody sent some dynamite in there. And then basically everybody that was, you know, uh, other than the, the, the you know, Tom and Julie and Dr. Richards, they all die. they all, Or they all just melt away. Like, whatever the fuck they were, they're gone. So then you get to the very end. This is the, uh, the, old, the old plot twist. Julie hugs Tom. Like, you know, we made it out. Just give me a hug. And then they kind of turn around. They rotate. And then it's Corbis. Holding Tom, and he's laughing, and then you see Julie, like her soul behind glass. But they destroyed the soul ball, so I don't know what what kind of uh, glass bowl she's in. But maybe he put her in a fish bowl in the corner or something. Uh, but apparently somewhere along the way, Corbus did the old switcheroo. That's not the real Julie. It's Corbus, I guess. Uh, and then you see Julie trapped behind glass, screaming. And then the credits roll up as you see her like behind the glass and then like the credits end and then she's just kinda of staring, like she stops screaming and just kinda of stares dead dead ahead and then it fades to black. So that's the devil's reign from nineteen seventy five.
1: <laughs> I think the review was sense. right there. I, I really do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I think I'm gonna end every every disappointing movie with uh, that's the Devil's Reign from <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> all right, so uh, we'll do the old star rating. What do you think of the Devil's Reign?
1: Oh man, on story, boy! That, if I was going just on story, man, it would be pretty doggone low. Uh, uh, the fact that it had all these famous people in it, and it still got awful but funny to watch. I think I think I'm gonna sit around a two on this one. All
0: right, smoke. What do you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm there with you on the
2: storyline. There's it's plot enough plot holes in this thing that it's looking like you know I don't know. <laughs> <It's> Switch cheese, like, <laughs> like like a pair of holy underwear after you know, <laughs> more, about eight years or so. It's you could drive a truck through them for sure, but <laughs> but you know like like we'll say in the uh, the acting, you just can't get over Ernest Borgnine's like ha- just hamming it up, and you knew he was hamming it up when he, especially when he was in the full on Corbis Ram, you know, gear and everything. <laughs> uh, Shatner, as usual, he also. Hams it up as he usually does with Shatner. Just on the entertainment value on it, I think. Based on plus, also like I said, I, I have an affinity for those like occult-oriented horror movies and whatnot. So uh, I would go with a good. I'd go with two and three-quarter stars on it.
0: I, I think I kind of agree with both of you for different reasons, but I think I'm gonna land on two stars. I mean, I, I don't wanna I, I don't wanna shit on it too much. I mean, I think you get a good performance out of Borgnine. I mean, I think for what it is, I think he does pretty a pretty good job. I think Shatner you know gives it a pretty good effort, but I don't think anyone else gave it any kind of effort. Maybe Tom's scared a little bit. I mean he's not horrible in it, but you know I think everyone else is just kind of like where's where's my mafia money you know <laughs> you know you're not you're not getting a hundred percent effort out of anybody here uh, but you know it's got a it's got a hell of a cast it's got its place in history for the connection to Halloween and uh being like the feature film debut of John Travolta and just you know the, the just the whole cast in general so will, what's the kill count? for the devil's ring.
1: <laughs> you tell me i can't tell you <laughs>
0: somewhere between one and a hundred
1: pretty much pretty much <laughs> yeah that's pretty subjective and it
2: oh, i don't know even even for the gore score on this movie is going to be real subjective because what do you consider to be gore i mean you know colorful oozy meltdowns is that gory yeah
3: well, as far as
2: blood goes there wasn't a whole lot of that i mean there was the only th- scene i can think of with actual blood and it was uh when uh he was hung upside down and had blood going down out of yeah, yeah. his forehead and stuff. You know, that was the only—I think that's the only blood in the movie, right?
0: I think all the, yeah, I think you're right, but I think all the the melting stuff at the end probably bumps mm-hmm. it up. I mean, without that, yeah. right? Like, this is nothing. Yeah,
2: but and I think that's also probably the re- probably, that might be the reason why this movie got a PG is because, well, first of all, nobody really gets killed other than them melting down on screen, and those meltdowns are. Colorful. Now, if they if they went with full-on bloody gore, like you see, they melt down into a puddle of blood and like you know, insides coming out and all that stuff. Then, of course, that would have been R-rated, I think, or or even unrated. But I think maybe that was, is where it lies the kind of the beauty of the of it being sort of gooey and like gory and all that. But it's a colorful meltdown.
0: It really reminded me so. a lot of Street Trash.
2: Yeah, yeah, it did yeah, that's oh, yeah.
0: why I think it definitely is a melt.
2: I think this would be the first melt movie that I could think of, anyway. Yeah.
0: I think the, the folks that, you know, had a hand in, in street trash definitely watched this one. <laughs> I'm like, hey, yeah. that's a good idea. We should do something with that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be hobo liquor. and, you know, hobo, and We're, we're going to get gonna really fucking more weird. Hobo, but... More neon colored. <laughs>
1: <laughs> And a dick.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what they said. Melting shit, <laughs> hobo liquor, and a dick. And a junk hole. we got to have a junk hole. <laughs> Somewhere in there. Ugh. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, I, I guess there's. we'll just say inconclusive yeah. on gore score and uh, 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 kill, count. kill count. Especially kill count. Yeah. because, you yeah, know. Especially kill
2: count. I guess if you want to get, put a number on the gore score, I'd probably give it, what, a three? And that's based on the meltdowns, but the meltdowns being more colorful than gore. <laughs> yeah.
0: I guess, the for, yeah, just for the last 10, 15 minutes alone, you know, it kind of it earned yeah. its point. So, yeah, we'll go with that. And the kill count, God knows. I mean, like, you, you could put yeah, it that's You could say zero or one or go all the way up into dozens, you know, if you wanted to. So depending on what you count as a death, you know. <laughs> so I think overall we we recommend if you just want a, a goofy 70s over the top movie with a little bit of historic movie value to it, you know, we recommend it. Otherwise, you know, eh, you know, if you can if you if you can go find something better to watch, I would. You know? <laughs> I think we're all kind <laughs> of the same all, place. I would I
2: would suggest uh Abominable with Dr. Fives.
0: Yeah, probably. So we talked
2: about that movie earlier, and it and it's Robert Fuist directed that
0: one. Yeah, probably a better example mm-hmm. of the work of Robert Fuest, since this is the movie oh. that basically kind of ruined him. So, uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's a couple. Enjoy better one, definitely.
2: I I do enjoy it, but but yeah, if you want to watch an actual really good Robert Fuist movie, then check out About Doctor Fives or the sequel *Doctor Fives Rises Again*.
0: On our next episode, we're going to uh, be a little bit more current, and we're going to celebrate another anniversary. That, but this movie came out 15 years ago. And we're going to be talking about the 2005 remake of *House of Wax*, which stars Alicia Cuthbert, Paris Hilton, uh, a handful of others, Chad Michael Murray—you know, a handful of others that were, uh, you know, kind of uh, popular at the time. Um, But we haven't talked a lot of uh, horror movies from, like, say, the 90s and the early 2000s. We'll, We'll make an effort to correct that, and we're going to watch *The House of Wax* from 2005. The IMDb synopsis for this is: a group of unwitting teens are stranded near a strange wax museum and soon must fight to survive and keep from becoming the next exhibit. So there you go that'll be on the on the uh, next episode of the spook show. You guys got anything else to add about the devil's reign or anything else before we sign off here? Slap. (laughs) Oh that is too good. All right, that so yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's a, our next shirt. Just a hand slap, slap, slap. <laughs> with some ram horns or something. <laughs> yeah. All right, so for the uh, Professor Smoke and Will, I am Josh. We are the All American Spook Show podcast. And we will see you next time.